In today's episode, I would like to warn you against gathering business requirements for SharePoint Online. You're listening to the SharePoint Maven podcast with Greg Zelfon, bringing you proven practical tips every week on how to correctly set up and adapt to SharePoint and Microsoft 365. If you have questions, Greg has the answers. And now, here's your host, Greg Zelfon. Hello again, this is Greg from SharePoint Maven, and welcome to episode number 114 of the SharePoint Maven podcast. So I decided to record today's uh, episode out of frustration, and let me share what uh, my frustration is all about. So as a SharePoint consultant, I uh, always get emails from uh, potential clients asking me uh, to estimate uh, uh, the development of SharePoint Internet or SharePoint Document Management System. And quite often there would be like a 20 page, you know, 50 page uh, document attached outlining uh, all the various uh, business requirements uh, for what it is they are trying to develop. In some cases, it's just a business requirements document. In some cases, it's uh, some sort of RFP request for proposal document. But long story short, the document would outline um, in quite uh, great detail, uh, you know, the various features and functionalities that the client uh, would uh, like to have uh, in their SharePoint environment. And unfortunately, for such uh, situations, I have to kindly uh, decline uh, the request. And usually there is a bit of education going on uh, between myself and, uh, you know, the potential client. So what I would like to do today, uh, in case if you or your organization are kind of doing the same and preparing a requirements document, business requirements document for a future SharePoint internet or a document management system uh, or SharePoint sites in general, I would like uh, to warn you against uh, you know doing so. And let me explain to you why. First, I also want to clarify kind of the use case for this. I'm not talking about a situation where a client needs to develop some sort of uh, uh, workflow, business process. Uh, in that particular case, obviously, uh, you know, some sort of uh, you know workflow diagram or business requirements uh, totally would make sense. I'm also not talking about kind of a, a very you know specialized use case for DMS document management system. Uh, once again, there might be some strict requirements uh, for legal or regulatory reasons. Uh, once again, in those cases, there might be uh, obviously some unique business requirements as well. I'm talking about more kind of generic situations when uh, maybe uh, you know the organization was using uh, some sort of third-party uh, software for the internet and they're just shifting to SharePoint Online, or maybe they had documents reside in a file share somewhere or Dropbox. And once again, you know, they're just shifting documents uh, to SharePoint Online. So with that being said, let me uh, now tell you why I said what I said uh, and essentially why I warn uh, you against creating business requirements documents. The reason for this is because they're useless. Most of the time, what I observe is uh, the client would typically prepare uh, the business requirement document, uh, you know, prepare 20, 30 pages of business requirements without actually seeing uh, SharePoint, without actually even testing or trying SharePoint, and without even knowing what uh, this application is all about. And quite often, I would see organizations um, literally spell out all the different features that are kind of already exist in SharePoint. 
things like version history or co-authoring or check and check out. And in some cases, they will just literally repeat them uh, on, a, on a document, on the business requirements document. And sometimes uh, they would uh, state their requirement, but they would like to have this functionality work in a certain way uh, and, and not how it works out of the box. In some cases, I've seen uh, business requirements where uh, the client uh, wanted to totally disable version history, for example. Well, guess what? This is not physically possible in SharePoint. Uh, the minimum you can go in terms of uh, version history is 100, all right? You cannot totally disable it. There are reasons for that. In one instance, I uh, even had a client uh, who wanted co-authoring to work a certain way, right? Co-authoring is when two or more people uh, collaborate on the same document uh, at the same time. Or at one time, uh, I had a client who wanted uh, to tag every single document they would upload to SharePoint. Uh, and not only that, they wanted to make uh, the metadata mandatory. Uh, so essentially, the user would not be able to uh, upload a document to SharePoint without tagging it. Well, guess what? Again, uh, stuff like this is just physically uh, not possible. Uh, metadata uh, is not, even if you make the column required in SharePoint, you can still upload the document uh, into SharePoint uh, and just get a soft warning, but you cannot enforce metadata period. And most of the time, uh, these requirements that I would see in the document, uh, they were put on there not because of a you know, strong business need, but uh, you know, most of the time due to uh, lack of uh, education uh, on the SharePoint application and its capabilities. And one of the reasons for those requirements, business requirements documents is that you know, sometimes uh, organizations, when they're shifting, let's say from file shares or uh, you know, Dropbox, uh, they are not necessarily settled on SharePoint 100%, right? They are looking at SharePoint Online, they might be looking at some other uh, you know, third-party applications uh, for their internet, for their uh, document management system. So that's why uh, those requirements um, are kind of you know, generic, but at the same time uh, go uh, against uh, what's really possible with SharePoint Online out of the box. So what I usually recommend in uh, uh, those sorts of situations is that uh, you first uh, go ahead and familiarize yourself uh, with SharePoint, with SharePoint Online, with its capabilities. If you are serious about moving to SharePoint uh, Online and maybe establishing an internet portal uh, there or uh, storing documents on the cloud on various SharePoint sites, um, you should really study SharePoint first, understand what's possible, understand how it works, how it will all look like, what are the available uh, out-of-the-box features, what are the limitations of those features. Uh, but this must be done uh, before you make the decision uh, to migrate to SharePoint. And I bet after that, um, you're not going to uh, write any business requirements documents because once again, they're just not going to make any sense. The reality is uh, when you uh, purchase, let's say a CRM system, uh, it does look you know, a certain way, it does behave and function uh, a certain way, and you just kind of adapt to it. You, to a certain extent, of course, you adapt your internal business processes to the way that the software functions. Just another simple example, uh, you use Office apps, I assume, Word, Excel, PowerPoint, OneNote. Uh, well, guess what? You probably adapted them uh, the way they are, all right? You never really created business requirements for those apps, so why uh, create business requirements for SharePoint? 
and it all comes down to cost-benefit analysis. Yeah, if you want to satisfy all your unique requirements, um, I'm sure that's possible with the proper level of custom development, but at what cost? In most uh, situations, uh, the clients uh, just really adapt, uh, once again, uh, their processes, the internal processes, and how they work. Uh, to the way that uh, the software was designed. Just another reason, another reminder, by the way, uh, if you recall back in uh, March uh, 2020, when uh, we had pandemic hit and uh, you know there were all these different shutdowns, uh, most of uh, organizations changed their business processes overnight. Uh, there was really no time back then uh, to create business requirements documents. I mean, most of the organizations shifted to SharePoint Online and Microsoft Teams uh, literally overnight and uh, started using the, the tools, uh, those tools, uh, the way that they were designed to be used. And as a result, they had to uh, adapt their processes, their internal processes. I mean, nobody ever questions why, you know, when we create a team, it creates a SharePoint site and a bunch of other assets, right? Or when you create, uh, let's say, a private or shared channel, it spins up a brand new SharePoint site. That's just how it is. Uh, and uh, we will all have to live with it. So that's all I really wanted to share with you in this particular episode. Um, once again, this uh, episode is a bit different. I'm not really describing a specific, you know, particular feature, uh, a new feature uh, that I would like you to learn. Uh, but instead, I just wanted to share uh, some frustration of mine, but also share my experience. And hopefully this will save you some time and frustration and uh, unnecessary spending uh, when you do migrate to SharePoint Online and Office 365. By the way, this is the last episode of 2022. Uh, thank you very much for all the support and being my loyal uh, podcast followers over the last year. I will release the new episode of 2023 in early January. But for now, uh, once again, thank you very much for listening. Hope to see you on my blog, SharePointMaven.com. And happy new year and talk to you next year as well. Goodbye. You've been listening to the SharePoint Maven podcast with Greg Zelfond. If you enjoyed this episode, please head over to the Apple podcast app, leave a review, and don't forget to subscribe. Thank you.